Uh, may we remain standing as we read uh, the Word of God today. Um, we're reading from the book of Genesis, starting from verse Genesis 50, starting from verse 15. Um, this is a story of Joseph, so we'll read from the New King James Version, and you can also follow on the screens. Genesis 50, starting from verse 15. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded us saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now, please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I am, for am I in the place of God. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring, about, to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. We may all take our seats. Uh, good morning, Flood Church. My name is Zach. I serve as one of the pastoral interns here at Flood Church. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to stand before you this morning. Uh, so before I start, uh, let us run a quick survey, yeah? Right now, think of three people that you love the most. Just think of three people that you love the most, yeah? We good? Okay. So out of the three people, how many thought of themselves in the list of the three people? Show of hands. How many people thought of themselves? I see one hand, two hands, three hands only. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, most of the times when you think of people that we love, we rarely think about ourselves. Uh, let's, not, let's not be too hard on ourselves. Let's, let's get into the habit of actually loving ourselves. And, I, and I, as I was preparing for this sermon over the week, uh, I stumbled upon something that is called self-oppression or internalized oppression. So basically what self-oppression or internalized oppression is, is when people or the society has spoken so much negativity in you that now you start to think of that as truth about yourself. So now you start to think less of yourself. I'm not saying if you didn't think of yourself, then you are in that situation, but um, it's something interesting where because of certain people saying things to you or the certain words that were said to you, you start to think that is actually true about yourself. Maybe someone um, in your life said, you never amount to anything. So now, growing up, when things are happening, you actually start to think of yourself in that, in that view. Maybe someone said, you're dumb. And because you got a 
an F or a D in an exam, now you start to think, I might actually be really dumb, as they said. You start to internalize that. Um, so today, as we are continuing in our series that we have been um, looking at, who are you looking for? I am going to be talking about who are the oppressed looking for? Who are the oppressed looking for? Oppression um, takes different forms, shapes, um, and the Cambridge Dictionary describes oppression as a situation in which people are governed in an unfair, cruel way and prevented from having opportunities and freedom. Or we are coming from a Fulu festival where we're celebrating our country's independence and this is probably a better time to be talking about something like that. And going on about uh, talking about oppression, oppression can also be uh, talked about or described as an imposed domination on a person, a group of people, in, or a group of people in order to control them mentally, spiritually, or physically. So when we're talking about the spiritual aspect of controlling people or oppressing people, I can't go without thinking of how the devil can actually spiritually oppress us. Um, where God says something about you and the devil comes with the negative so that you think less of yourself. Where God says you are loved, but because of certain things that are happening in your life, God says, are you really loved? God says you're forgiven. And because, as uh, Humphreys was saying, you've missed the mark. And when you sin, you start to think of yourself. Am I really forgiven or maybe I'm just the worst of sinners? That, and that's one of the worst um, parts to be in. And as we're talking about um, oppression, it can't go unnoticed in the story of Joseph. So taking you back, for some of you who don't know the background of this story, um, Joseph had a bunch of siblings. So he was 11th in his family. Uh, he was loved by his father very much. And this did not sit well with, with some of his siblings. So Joseph would have dreams and he went to his brothers and said, I had a dream, you guys were bowing down to me. And these, these guys were not really happy about it, and especially being older siblings. And then one day he comes with this colorful coat that um, his, his father had gotten for him and these guys had it up to here and they were like, I think this is the right time to get rid of this guy. So they came together and came up with a plan to get rid of him. And they actually succeeded in, in getting rid of him. So they took him, threw him into a pit, and then they said, okay, uh, maybe let's just sell him to these Egyptians that are here. And they sold him into the Egyptians. And while at it, he ended up in an Egyptian prison. But now, fast forward, um, he finds himself being exalted by God where he finds himself in Pharaoh's mansion, where now he was a second of command um, for Pharaoh. So now we are getting into a story where um, he has an encounter with his brothers. This is not the first encounter that he had with his brothers. So uh, there was a famine that was in, in the land and Egypt had a surplus. So all these people had to travel to Egypt to get some grains. So the first time that they went there, uh, they met Joseph. Joseph recognized his brothers, and they had an encounter 
where he actually told them that I am your brother Joseph that you sold into slavery. And now this is a second encounter where they're going back uh, to get more grains, but this was after their father had passed away. So now his brothers are caught in a fix because they thought that Joseph was actually being nice to them because um, their father was still alive. So now they start to remember the oppression that they um, um, showed on Joseph, and now they're thinking to themselves, if we go back there, is everything going to be all right? Is Joseph going to welcome us as he welcomed us before our father died? So he, they, they have, um, first of all, they send messengers to go talk to Joseph, and then they go for themselves to actually meet Joseph. So today I want us to look at four quick thoughts on uh, just this encounter of Joseph and his brothers. And these thoughts are basically what the oppressed are looking for in this passage. The first thought that I want us uh, to look at is the cry for mercy. The cry for mercy. Joseph's brothers had sold him and... In, in the moment where Joseph was sold into slavery, you can even imagine just how uh, bad he felt for himself because he grew up with his family all his life and now these people who are your blood brothers take you and sell you into slavery. Um, they sold him because they were jealous of him and just how their father loved him so much. But now they get into a situation where their hearts are heavy because of the actions that they took. Um, they feared that Joseph would probably want to pay them back. They feared that Joseph would want to oppress them the same way they oppressed him. Um, oppression can take, as I said, many, many different forms. But at the heart of all the oppression, at the heart of people who are being oppressed, there is a cry for mercy. The oppressed are longing for resolution. The oppressed are longing for understanding. The oppressed are looking for relief from their burdens. And that is basically where we find these people. They are longing for a relief from their burdens where now they're coming because they are hungry. They don't have enough food. They are feeling guilty because of the oppression that they put on Joseph they are thinking that Joseph will actually pay us back. And they are crying out for mercy. They are sending a messenger to go speak on behalf of them. And then they go and beg for mercy uh, to Joseph. We need to develop empathy and compassion for people who are struggling. We need to develop empathy for people who are faced with different types of oppression. Because Jesus is our ultimate source of mercy. Because while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ came and died for us. He showed us the ultimate example of mercy. Because like these brothers, we betrayed Jesus in many, many different uh, forms. With the way we sit in our talk, in our actions, in our thoughts. And people who are so undeserving of this mercy, each and every one of us, Jesus came and died for each and every one of us. 
He did not pick out which sins exactly that he wants to die for. He did not pick out just a select few people that he will die for. But he came and showed mercy to each and every one of us. And as people who are following Jesus, as people who are saved, we're also supposed to be agents of mercy. So the same mercy that we witness from God, the same mercy that we witness from Jesus is the same mercy that we need to extend to people that are hurting. It's the same mercy that we need to extend to people that are oppressing us. And many times when you're being oppressed or you're going through stuff, the first thing to do is actually not to show mercy. If you wrong me, the first thing is to pay you back, to say you get what you deserve. Because our hearts would actually want to pay them back. To say, you put hurt in my heart, I also hurt you. An eye for an eye is just how people go with. But God is calling us to be agents of mercy. To show mercy to those people that hurt us. To show mercy to the people that are hurting. The second thought that I want us to look at is the promise of redemption. The promise of redemption. Despite being mistreated, uh, Joseph endured from, from his brother. Um, his response when he made them face to face was actually something very interesting. Um, he weeps and reassures them of forgiveness. And most of the times, when people wrong us, we want them to actually feel bad for their actions. The first response would have probably been, uh, how could you? I was your brother. Like, how could you do that? Um, I, I, grew, I grew up in a family where uh, I have four other siblings, and I just imagine um, like the noise that we have at home, the jokes and the laughter. I imagine having 11 other siblings, just the amount of jokes and noise that you'd make at home, to now being alone in a prison cell. The amount of hurt that you would feel from that. The amount of pain that you could feel from that. The amount of just being left for the dead, if I can put it in that way. But in this moment, Joseph weeps and reassures them of their forgiveness. He says, not only are you okay, but even your little ones are okay. Because I hold nothing against you. But most of the times, in our moments when we're facing guilt, uh, when we're facing oppression, we want to show the people that have wronged us that you actually did something wrong. But Joseph here shows us an example that is different. Joseph's response to his brother's guilt and fear shows the transformative power of forgiveness. Instead of seeking revenge, Joseph extends compassion and grace. Who are the people in your life that need your grace, that need your compassion? Maybe you feel like they still don't deserve my grace. They still don't deserve my compassion. But God is challenging you this morning to question yourself. Who are the people that need your compassion, that need your grace? This reveals the true character 
of one who has overcome compassion. Jesus provides the ultimate redemption and healing when he took on the cross because we were separated from the family of God. The same way Joseph was separated from his family. Now Jesus came and died on the cross for you and I so that that separation that was there because of sin, because of us missing the mark, to actually come back to God, to actually be reunited into his family. So what is God calling you to do this morning? Who are the people that God is calling you to extend grace, to extend compassion to them? The third thought that I want us to look at is the path of reconciliation, the path of reconciliation. Joseph's actions towards his brothers uh, demonstrates a path to reconciliation. He embraces them and weeps with them, but not only that, he shows them genuine love. He didn't have any hidden motives behind this. He didn't just want to forgive them to save face or to pay them back in some other way, but he actually truly wants to be restored with his brothers. He saw that relationship that was broken between them and wants them to be restored. And what I love about this uh, passage, I love just how he recognizes the sovereignty of God. He says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Because many people, when they're oppressing us, they're limiting us from reaching, as I said, the fullest potential that God has planned for us. While they're meaning something for evil, God exalts Joseph and, and makes it for good. And not only that, he recognizes that God allows these events not only for him, but for, for the salvation of a lot of people. And I remember um, a time back when uh, this passage actually came to life in my, in my own experience, where uh, there was a time where one of our family members was actually harsh on my mother and my siblings. And I remember uh, we went to this person's funeral, and before we went to the house where um, the people were, my mother sat us in the car and said, as we are going to this house, make sure that you don't think of paying back anything. If they ask you to do something, do it with even double the effort. Because whatever they were doing to you, they meant it for evil, but God meant it for the good. And in that moment, this passage came to life because it spoke to me in ways that I've never thought before. Because in my default settings, I would have wanted to pay back and to say, you get what you deserve for all the wrong that you did. But God is saying to us that we need to extend that same grace. Joseph understands that even in his darkest moments of oppression, God can actually bring out something good. He also emphasizes the importance of actually forgiving the people that are around us. And I know when we're going through different oppression, 
the first thing to think of is not actually saying God is actually working something good out of this. Um, if you're going through something, that's, that's the least of your worries. You want to get out, you want to be healed, you want to be set free. But Joseph's actions demonstrate something different. He embraces his brothers, he weeps with them, and assures them of their forgiveness. And even Jesus shows us this in the Bible as well. He exemplifies reconciliation through his sacrificial death on the cross by bridging the gap that divided us from God. And maybe God is challenging you this morning. There are people in your life, maybe family members, that you didn't actually have a good, a good relationship with. Maybe actually you said, I will never come to your house again. You don't exist in my life. Or to tell them, you're, dead, you're good as dead to me. Maybe God is challenging you this morning to say, I understand you went through oppression. I understand you went through difficult times with them. But maybe this is a time for you to reconcile with them because I have called you to be an agent of mercy. I've called you to be an agent of love. I've called you to be an agent of grace. And the fourth and the last thought that I want us to look at this morning is the hope of restoration, the hope of restoration. The oppressed, whether it's physically, spiritually, or mentally, long for a time where they find restoration. Each and every one of us. The oppressed long for a time when the world comes back to being normal. In Joseph's reunion with his brothers, we see restoration from a broken family. Joseph offers hope and mending of broken hearts by starting their relationship afresh. I'm not saying everything is going to be forgotten in just a snap of a finger. But it's a space for us to start something fresh. So maybe God is calling us into a time where we restore the broken relationships that we have. There are people that have wronged us in many, many ways. They have said hurtful things about us. They have said so much negative words to us that we start to think of ourselves less. But God is saying, I want to restore that relationship. And as we are heading to a close, I want us to understand these two things, that by recognizing how Jesus fulfills these longings, we are compelled to extend the same grace to those people who need love, to those people who need justice. And then maybe you are not the one who's being oppressed, or maybe you are the one that, are, that is oppressing people. Whether it's from words that you're saying, whether it's the actions that you're taking, but maybe God is calling you to say, you need to come out of this. And sometimes it's hard because if we are the ones that are wrong, to actually see ourselves as the problems. So maybe God is challenging us this morning. Maybe you see some people that are going through oppression and God is saying, you need to be an agent of mercy to call out this oppression when you see it. But the other problem that I've faced is 
Most of the times, people are comfortable in the spaces that they are in. Because you find that people are going through oppression, but because they've gone through this oppression for the longest time, they start to justify the oppression. They says, it's nothing new. I'm used to this. Someone is beating you up. Someone is saying harsh words. They say, yeah, it's been like this for the longest time. Joseph, first of all, forgave himself and set himself free before he set his brothers free. Maybe it's time for us to set ourselves free so that the people that have hurt us can also be set free. Because we can never set other people free if we're still being held captive. So maybe it starts within us to set ourselves free of the words that they said, of the, of the actions that they took, or the actions that they are still taking. Because God wants us to be set free. As we are closing, I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes and just say these words, God, what are you speaking to me? And let us rest in that and hear from God. Jesus Christ, you say in your word, who the Son sets free is free indeed. I pray, Heavenly Father, for each and every person that is here or the people that are watching. I pray, Heavenly Father, for you to set us free, O oh God. I pray, Heavenly Father, for your presence to fill us and to convict us of the times that we have oppressed other people, whether it's in the actions that we have taken or it's in the things that we have said. I pray, Heavenly Father, that if we are the problem, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you speak to us today. I pray that may you break down any walls that we have set around any unforgiveness, oh God. I know the hurt is valid, but I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us to forgive. Help us to Follow the example of forgiveness that you showed us on the cross, oh God. That people like us who are undeserving of your grace, undeserving of your mercy, would stand here and call out to you and say, Abba, Father. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us to extend that forgiveness to other people. I pray for restoration and reconciliation in, in families and relationships and friendships that are broken because of certain things that we said or did, oh God. I pray for a restoration in relationships between fathers and daughters that had a, a fallout, oh God. I pray for relationship restoration for families who are broken because of 
different physical or verbal abuse, oh God. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you speak to each and every one of us, oh God. And as you speak, may we not harden our hearts. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you also redeem us. If we are still stuck in oppression, oh God, whether we are showing it to other people, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you set us free, oh God. I pray, Jesus, that you redeem us from the shackles that the devil has for us, oh God. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us to walk in freedom. You help us to walk in peace. You help us to walk in your joy, oh God. Because you came to set us free. So I pray for each and every person that is here, that is struggling, that has struggled. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you set us free. That you restore us, that you reconcile us. But also help us, oh God, to be people that show love, people that show mercy, people that show grace to those people who are deserving and who are undeserving, oh God. I thank you for the examples that you have shown us, oh God. And I pray, Jesus, that you help us to continue to walk in that path. Help us to walk in that example that you set for us. It's not an easy thing to do, but with you, all things are possible. So I pray, Heavenly Father, that as we struggle, God, remind us that you are with us every step of the way, oh God. Because who has been set free by you, O oh God, is free indeed. So I pray for total freedom for each and every one of us, O oh God. From whatever physical, spiritual, and mental oppression that we're going through, I pray that you set us free. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Um, as our worship team uh, leads us in song, um, there will be people um, that are willing to pray for you guys. Uh, so there will be people on the sides and then other people outside. If you need prayer, um, I ask you to go and speak to them so that they can pray with you and pray for you. Um, and I'll ask you to stand as our worship team leads us in song.